Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. So if you're not familiar with Convoy of Hope, that's our, they travel to all the disaster areas and they just supply people with food, like they said. So I just feel like, I know that there, there are those of you who are already supporting and relief efforts, and, but I thought it'd be good as, as I guess, the Ecclesia of God, right? To go ahead, you guys are like forerunning this thing before I am, and I love that. Um, and we're just going to pray. So, you guys, if you can come up, and if you have, if you're going to write a check, write it out the Convergence House of Prayer. We'll, we'll make sure this you can just remember what disaster relief, and let's practically support our our brothers and sisters in the state of Texas and those in the region. Lord, thank you that we get to give. That's what it's about. That's what happened in the Book of Acts. They were generous. They gave to meet every single need. So Lord, this morning, this afternoon, now, we just go ahead and we give to bless the others in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, well, this morning, um, this morning, boy, I'm so used to saying this morning, but it's 12.06, and so um, I'm trying to be sensitive to everybody, as I always say, and um, but I wanted to do just as focusing. How many were here last week? You heard the report last week of what God was doing. God's doing special, amazing things around the world. And we had a chance to just uh, be in Germany and we just came back. And so I had to reacclimate myself, you know, back to the United States and back to. I actually had to reacclimate myself just a little bit on where were we at uh, in terms of like what we're communicating, the message, what we're going after, what we're doing. And I just, like I knew, but I just had to kind of re, retrace the steps. And it was, it was so good for me to retrace those steps. And I felt like the Lord just, just said, just go ahead and retrace it with everybody. And so that's what we're going to do. This is the second week in a row I actually have a keynote PowerPoint thing. And, and so was that, was that, hopefully that was beneficial for you guys. And so um, the thing is, is, I don't think the keynote actually shows up on the, on the web stream. So... You guys are in for a treat today. Say amen and turn to the person next to you and say, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I just want you guys to kind of kind of like, you know, connect with each other. And you know what? Ministry is about having fun. Coming, coming to church or an ecclesia gathering, it's about having fun. It's about getting in the presence of the Lord. It's getting with your brothers and sisters. It's about, you know, it's like our rally point together. And it's a day of celebration. And so um, I just uh, want to encourage along those lines. Let me see if I can do this. I'm going to try and do this as best as I can. And is, is it up there? Yeah. It's up there. Woo! You guys give the Lord a hand clap because that was an amazing miracle for me. So we've been on a journey for the last, uh, actually the last year. And we've been on a journey for a lot longer than a year. But last year we... We launched the, our series on the Ecclesia. And how many of you, just, just by a show of hands, how many people were actually here for that series? Because I want to see, because there's, there's so many new people, I feel like I have to just kind of reintroduce the series again and just go after it. Um, I just don't know when that's going to be, but I was, I was thinking about, we're talking about this, this really strange word, like Ecclesia, what does that mean? And so for people who are been here, haven't been here, or just started coming just several months, you know, the last two or three, four months, that could be a very foreign concept. It was for me. But we went into the series uh, regarding Matthew chapter 16 
uh, and looking at verses 13 through 19. And one thing I did find out when I was in Germany, and I'll reiterate for those who weren't here last week, is that the ecclesia word, that word, the Lord is anointing. People like Dutch Sheets is preaching it. So many people who are actually ministering this word. Um, and it's not just a word that is for the Western church. Western, I, I'm talking about the United States of America. But it's actually a global, it's a, it's a global need, is what I've discovered when I was in Germany. So people from India, people from Turkey, people from South Korea, so many people from all over the world are gravitating toward it. They're, they're reaching for it, and they're even asking Winnie and I, please come to, your, please come to our country. Please come to, you know, please come to India. Please come to South Korea. Please come to Turkey. Please come to, you know, even in the United States, we're getting invitations to just to go to Oregon and do, you know, I don't know. He was talking about hitting all these different cities with this, with this message. And it's, it's kind of shocking to me. Uh, at the same time, it's not. It's kind of like what I've sensed. And to me, that was a nice confirmation that I'm not crazy. You know, and that you're not crazy. Because one thing I love about this house is that you guys are willing to take risks. Because we could just be a straight up conventional church. And uh, so every single person that, that's part of Convergence House of Prayer are risk take- takers, faith revivalists. They just want to shake cities. They want to see people saved and all that. They want to see. Anyway, I'm going to go on and on. I'm not going to do that right now. So, but the focus there is really that the the actual definition is a a legislative assembly uh, at the gates of Hades. So that's what the word ecclesia means. It means we actually legislate heaven to earth. And that's what Jesus did when he brought his 12 disciples up and he said upon the confession that that Peter made I will build my church my ecclesia and the gates of Hades will not or Hadas right will not prevail against it and so I just want to be building what he's building I just want I just want to make sure that I'm on the same page as Jesus is and because I do not want to be building a miss I don't want to be, I don't want to get my hands into something that he isn't necessarily anointing. And the truth of the matter is that Jesus only builds ecclesias. And so, and so that's the reality. So that's why it hit me so hard last year. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just came, just hit me personally. And I feel like hit our whole room. And so I love it when we're praying and we're in this rapid fires and like we're actually making a distinction between, and that's the real, where the rubber meets the road, is the distinction between what is, uh, let's, let's say, a westernized church and what is ecclesia. And really it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a different paradigm understanding what Jesus said and what he meant and how we do uh, church today. And so, um, but for the sake of this morning or this afternoon, I just want us to kind of reiterate that the ecclesia is a ruling assembly. It's a legislative assembly. It's, it's a place that gathers to actually see heaven come down to earth. Can we say amen to that? Amen. At the gates of Hades. So much there. So we just focused on that for, man, from September until I think November. We just hit it hard. Like we almost had revival. Like, it was just a lot of fun to go. I, I mean, I want revival. You know that. But 
And then, um, and then we went into January, and then we went into a time of prayer and fasting. But in February, we went after the power of the prophetic. And as you look back over the year, it's interesting how the Lord lines things up, and you have to almost look back to see his hand through the course of a year. Do you ever do that? You, we usually try and do that at the end of a year, looking into the next year, like, what did God do? What's he? And for me, what's important as a leader is to, is to get my hands back into what God has been saying and, and pick up patterns and pick up things that actually launch us into the next year. So we're in September. You know, it's a school year. It's a calendar. I mean, it's a fiscal year. I don't know what they call it. But we're in September, and we're ready to launch into this, this new season that the Lord is doing. So the power of the prophetic is... I'm encouraged. I heard almost eight, almost 20 people signed up for the prophetic class training. I mean, we all have to be majorly prophetic people. Let me just rephrase it. You are prophetic. Go ahead and say, tell it to your neighbors that you are not pathetic. You are, make sure you say prophetic. Go ahead and encourage the person next to you. Tell them you are. You are. So I remember... I remember talking with our friend Johnny and Elizabeth Enloe, which we need to have back at some point pretty quick. Uh, I just remember him telling me the, the, the fastest way up the mountains, the seven mountains, is through the prophetic anointing. Because governors, administrators, prime ministers are waiting to hear from the Lord. And, I, and here's what I've understood. Here's what I understand. We are, we are I think the Lord has has uh, anointed his people in this season, we just have to embrace the prophetic gift that we carry. For, for some of us, what we do is we don't feel like we are, so we don't, but the Lord's always, he's already anointed us to be. And so I would encourage you guys, step out, just step out, just step out. And it just starts with simple words of encouragement that are anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so just release that over people. You don't have to have a time, date, year, whatever. You just go ahead and you begin to bless people. You know, my daughter, Lydia, is now at uh, Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry. So that was a little bit, that was a little tough one for me and mom, for her to go up to, you know, Reading, even though that's where family's at, but go up to Reading and like things are different around the house, just a little quieter. Believe me, less dishes. You know what I'm saying? Like things that, you know, like you have to say, do that, do this, do this. So, so that, that, that reality is, a, is present. But I remember when, when she just went into her, to her uh, very first, you know, they had orientation. And so, you know, I, I think we were on FaceTime. Isn't FaceTime a beautiful thing? Um, you guys, that was quiet. All right, all the people who have Androids. Did, uh, so... So I got, we're at, we're at, actually we're with our grandkids. Um, we are you know, doing our weekly um, grandpa, grandma, whatever thing and went up to FaceTime and there she was. And, and she goes, oh my gosh. You know, I, I went into, I went to uh, orientation and there was a bunch of people that were already there prophesying over me. So she was stepping in and she was going through orientation. You know how boring orientation could be, right? Orientation. And she said as soon as she stepped in, she was getting a line. She had, they just had a bunch of people, and they were just prophesying life 
over her. And she goes, oh my gosh, they were accurate and everything. I started weeping. I started manifesting all this orientation. All right. That, does, that is not something that is like, you know, uh, Bethel has a trademark on. We're all prophetic. And we should, be, we should be blessing and we should be prophesying. Like when people come on Sunday morning, that should be the high point of their week in the sense of not only to hear the word and worship, but also we have people who are encouraged their socks off, right? And just blessing them, they f- are filled up and they're just being released to go. And so I just want to encourage you guys, if you haven't signed up for that training class, sign up. Bobby brought a big word to us. And that was in February, it was, it's a new day. And I feel like there's something, there's something really like on that. And I think that there's some people who might have dropped that. And I, want, I just want to uh, release over you today that, it's, that it is a new day. And that God, that you are entering into a new season. We are entering into a new season. You personally are entering into a new season. Convergence is entering into a new season, right? That you personally are entering into a new season. And I just want to release God's favor and blessing in this new season over you. And that the old things are gone and behold, all things become new, right? And the things that you are struggling with, the things that had you bound, the things that that God is breaking and releasing you into a season of favor. So I just want you to receive that. Say, I receive it. All right, so, so that's something that I am continuing to pray into and believing God for, and we've actually seen it here over the course of it. Well, now it's, that's probably about nine months, but I'm seeing this new season breaking in upon us. I just want you to be encouraged around that. So, so go ahead, tell your face, I'm encouraged, and then tell the person next to you, you're in a new season. Come on. You can, use, you can even use the word come on if you want to. Remember... Bobby snuck this, this word into my journal, and I'll just, I'm just going to give it to you as review, because he does that. So my journal was sitting on my desk, and he snuck this, he wrote this in my journal, and he signed it, Bobby, all right? So, and we actually have, we're having him come in February, which is fun, yeah? Yeah, Bobby signed up, for, and we have Bill Johnson coming in March. That'll be fun, too. So this is a time to move forward. Everyone say, this is a time to move forward. It's a new time. Shake yourself free and have a blast. Shake yourself free and have a blast. Let's get your hands out and just shake yourself free and have a blast in the name of Jesus. Amen. I have 32 slides. I have to keep going. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, this is another thing that he said was our verse. For he says, he being the Lord, in the time of favor and assured welcome, I have listened to and heeded your call. I have helped you on the day of deliverance, the day of salvation. Behold, now is truly the time for a gracious welcome and acceptance of you from God. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Just receive that word for your life. A gracious welcome and acceptance of you by God. That's what a new season is all about, isn't it? So then that led us into something else, favor. And I want to talk to you about favor just for a moment because I felt like as I was putting this together, the Lord wanted wanted me to remind all of us, including myself, what favor is all about. 
So if you have a notepad, pen, or whatever, I just want to give you some things that we went through. We actually studied the life of Joseph. Remember that series? And we just went after this thing because if we're going to go into a new season and the Lord is going to give us favor, we better understand what it is. Because you can't really, you can't really put your, your arms around like exactly what the new season is, like that new day, except that you just receive it. So when you receive a prophetic word, sometimes you won't understand that prophetic word, but you welcome it. And so you just go by faith, you make a declaration, it's a new day, it's a new season. I'm entering into a new season, not just for Convergence House of Prayer, but also for my own personal life. So that means that there's going to be a level of favor. Now, you can put your arms around that and study that. You can understand what favor is. And for a lot of us, we don't, under, we don't know what favor is. We want it, but we don't understand what it is. And so we hit that together. So I have put a little definition under there, underneath this word. It says, it's the undeserved kindness of God. It's, the, it's an extra measure of grace. Just say, I receive that extra measure of grace, Lord. Yeah, that's called favor. All right? So then we hit this. And these are just some bullet points. I hope you guys can read it because it's really small. We, we have all been given a measure of favor. We could say amen to that. Amen. You don't believe it. You have been given a measure of favor. Amen. Favor, I don't have time to develop the passage, but just, these are just the bullet points that we went over. Favor is an expression of God's affection to us and uh, to encourage us. It's an expression of God's affection towards you and me. Favor is an invitation to develop and grow in your relationship with the Lord. I forgot the T on that. And favor is an invitation to influence others toward their destiny. Favor, well, just hit the next one. Favor is supernatural. Favor invites blessing. Favor dials up insecurity and jealousy in others. And don't ever apologize for the favor on your life. So we just want to embrace increased levels of God's favor. Joseph had favor. You know, we see Moses having favor. Abraham had favor. Jesus grew in favor with God and man, right? So, so we understand the scriptural vantage point. So if we're in a season of favor, let's embrace that favor. Let's believe God for that favor. Let's believe God for that increase. He wants to give it to us, and he's giving it to us. All we have to do is open up our arms and receive the favor of the Lord, all right? Some of you are still in doubt, but that's okay. In March, we had Backlund. Remember him? Ha, <laughs> Right. And <laughs> Let's laugh at that, right? So Ecclesia, right? Bobby Enlow, Bobby Connor, Johnny Enlow, like this, this, this new season breaking upon us, this favor. And when Steve came, which is kind of an interesting thing because he called me and says, hey, you, got, I, you, know, you have a date, we can come. I said, yeah, please come. So I felt like that was the Lord's hand. And his, he confirmed the season of favor that's on our lives as, on our lives as a body and he really dialed into this, hope, this really uh, important foundation, and that is hope. And he who has the most hope has the most influence. So then we, from that, we went into the power of declarations. So you're on the journey with me? Say amen. I know it's a little different today. If you're new, this is different. So, but I just feel like this is important 
for us to kind of build toward where we're going next. The power of declarations. Remember we distributed 55 declarations and we gave a 30-day challenge. How many of you still have those 55 declarations? Oh, that's good. You, for the rest of you, you need to get them. I'll put my hands right here. You need to get them. All right? And you need to tuck them in there. And, and so I still, uh, every single day, I have it in my, my, my task manager. I have those. I don't have 55 declarations. I have 98 declarations. And I release those declarations first thing in the morning outside of coffee. First thing in the morning. I have to get my coffee in order to go ahead and release them. Uh, amen. You guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so, um, but I release my 98, almost 100 declarations every single day. And I just feel like that's something that the Lord has, an, has actually made us aware of as a house. And I want us as a house to be people who are prophetic, who believe it's a new day, who are walking in favor and declaring it every single day. Amen? Turn to your neighbor. I'm going to work you out today. Turn to your neighbor and say amen to that. So we started talking about understanding favor, and we looked at the life of Joseph. And so let me just kind of give you some bullets here. Living your life offended kills God's favor. Remember Joseph's response to his brothers, they're to their brother's jealousy in Genesis 37. Listen, the thing that'll quench the favor of God in your life faster than anything else is when you do not release people who have offended you. And forgive, forgiveness is a, huge, is a huge gateway for increased favor. Unforgiveness will dam up the river of, of favor that wants to flow from heaven to earth. It's not God putting the barrier there. It's us putting the barrier there. And the, the trap, that's what, that's what offense means, the trap the enemy's going to use is for you to be offended at somebody or something, and that actually shuts down the favor of God in your life. Because Jesus says that we ought to forgive people 70 times 7, right? And if, and if we can't forgive people, then how is he going to even listen to our prayers? And so that was a huge one for me because of what we came out of two or three, I don't know, two years ago and what we, what we had to deal with emotionally and every other way to have to come to a place where we, in order for this new day to break in and in order for the, the favor of God to increase, you have to take care of business. And business is taking care of and handling the offenses in our life. Listen, you will be offended. You might be offended right now. You will be offended. It's not the fact that we're not offended. The thing is, is that we can't hang on to that offense. We have to let it go. And so I always, you know, for me in my, own, my mind, I, you know, I, I love those skillets that are, te- you know, I don't know if they use Teflon anymore. How many remember Teflon, right? Nothing, nothing sticks, right? So I don't know what they have now because they probably felt, te- you know, Teflon was not good anymore for your, anyway, so... I, my heart needs to be coated with Teflon. And things that aren't of God just fall off. I just, I can't afford, I can't afford to keep those things attached to my heart if I want to go after the greater purposes of God in my life, right? So do not, do not live, do not live offended. It'll kill you. Favor isn't the absence of problems, but the presence of grace to come through them. So favor isn't the absence of problems, Joseph faced problems even though he had favor. Yeah. 
In fact, favor actually, I mean, problems actually fine-tune the favor of God in our life. So sometimes what we think of is like, if I'm in a season of favor, why am I going through this? Because the favor of God is actually resting on you, but the presence of grace will actually empower you through the problem, and it'll, be, it'll chisel you for the next level, chisel you in the good sense, it chisels you for, it, for the next level of God's promotion. God could not have taken Joseph with where Joseph was at 17 to actually lead a nation. So understand, sometimes the prophetic word will come to you and it'll be a big word. And that's what I learned through my journey is that it'll be a big word. I welcome that word, but I, I, I fail to understand that God gets a chisel out and he actually refines me so that I can actually step into that prophetic destiny. And so you doesn't mean, so I'm, what I'm trying to communicate is favor doesn't mean that you're problem free. Wow. But favor does mean that there's going to be increased presence of grace to bring you through the season of favor. Oh, boy. Favor is maintained through purity. Offense will cut favor off impurity will cut the favor of God off of your life as well. And there's this call, it's a refreshing call to holiness. Holiness, in my estimation, is living so close to the Lord Jesus you would ever want to offend or hurt his heart. And so you live in this constant communion with the Lord in this love relationship that makes holiness rather easy. Listen, the more you fall in love with your spouse, it's much easier at that point to turn away from anything else that would try and distract you from that affection. Am I, are we, are we like in the same room? All right. So, so in other words, the greatest cure, the greatest cure to, to holy living is greater love and greater affection. I've never really met somebody, two, two people who were absolutely loving Jesus and shared a, a deep affection for each other to ever step into adultery. I mean, I'm talking about integrity in your relationship with one another. If you have that love relationship, it won't mean that you're not going to be tempted. It just means that that there's a, there's a level, there's a bond there that actually keeps you together and keeps you walking uh, along the lines of intimacy that protects you from impurity. So favor is maintained through purity. Favor grows uh, though you are overlooked and forgotten. Remember when Joseph helped out the baker and the, whatever, candlestick baker, the baker and the cupbearer? Right? And he said, remember me. And no one remembered him. Was he in a place of favor? Absolutely. The Lord was grooming his heart. So the Lord always sees what's going on behind the scenes 
and he'll reward you. And so suddenly, I think it was the baker or cupbearer, whatever, whatever it was, re- remembered, and that was, his, that was his promotion to the palace. So he had the promise, he faced the prison, and then he went to the palace, right? So, so there were three robes of favor that we, we covered, and I just felt like today I just needed to focus on this, this whole favor thing. So Joseph received a robe from, from his dad, which was the prophetic promise. It was a robe of multicolors, right? The multicolored robe. And then he received the robe from Potiphar, which are the problems, trials, and testing. So you're going to receive a promise, but you're going to face, <laughs> you're going to, God's going to chisel you. Let's just say that. Amen. All right, it's all good because his grace is sufficient, right? All right. And then there's the, the robe that, that came from Pharaoh, which was the fulfillment and promotion. And so, and so just want to encourage you, like, as we move into these seasons of favor, there's going to be times when the, maybe the fire is going to be heated up, but it's always unto something greater. It's always under his blessing and provision. What we want sometimes in our beautiful, uh, you know, country is we want, we want to minimize problems. We want to maximize uh, promotion. And in the Lord's camp, you know, what will happen, the greatest thing, the, the way he loves us best is actually he'll chisel us so that we can actually handle it. And be effective. I'm just telling you, this is from a guy who's been around ministry for 30-something years, and I've had a lot of prophetic words over my life. Big prophetic words over my life, and Wendy. And so, but, and, but been, been through the journey. And so, I don't want you to focus on the problem. I want you to focus on the prophetic promise and the promotion. Focus on those, because the promotion, what, what we see ahead of us gives us hope. But, don't, but, but also recognize the lessons in the process. That's a whole other message. <laughs> Let me go through these very quickly. Then we went into a season of prophetic activation where the ecclesia begins in the home. Acts 2, chapter 46 through 47. So continuing daily in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house the word there is oikos, from house, oikos. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the, to the church, or the ecclesia, daily those who were being saved. So actually, it was from family. The word translated is from family household to family household is how the gospel was perpetuated in the book of Acts. How can you reach a city that's, that's filled with 50,000 people and you actually... Uh, probably bring, bring 20,000 to the Lord in a year and a half. Well, first of all, they actually understood what it meant to be an ecclesia, and then actually the ecclesia was turned loose in the household, in our homes. And so we've been on this journey about having our, our, our homes be in ecclesia. So 
Um, this is how they reached the city. This is how they further connected with the believers, which I just said. They turned their tables in the pulpits. So every Christian home is meant to become a point of inception for the ecclesia. You know how yeast goes in the dough? That's a point of inception. So our homes should be points of inception for our neighborhoods. Our workplaces, you know, our lives, maybe it's that cubicle that you're working at. That's a point of inception for the workplace. Those are places where the kingdom of God needs to be manifested. So we have to get our, we want to get our homes right. We want to get our homes to a place where they're shining and they're bright so that the neighborhood could see us for who we are. Okay. So then Wendy distributed these prophetic acts. How many of you guys got the packet on the Ecclesia packet, right? So that, you know, anyway, she had oil. She had steaks. S-T-A-K. S-T-A-K, yeah. And declaration, right? So we had declarations. These are packets that we said. We, we said, drive it in the ground, like open your door and welcome Jesus in. So tra- just just. And then we, then we hit those 16 things. You guys remember this? We did this for three weeks. Pray continuously, pray continually. Oh, think biblically, walk morally, love unconditionally, forgive wholeheartedly, live joyfully, sacrifice daily, give generously, decide wisely, witness boldly, parent courageously, meals regularly, work diligently, play intentionally, and have church or go to church or ecclesia weekly. Because I was trying to figure, I'm trying to determine, I don't, wanna, I don't want us to think of this, the word ecclesia, and coin it. That's not, I'm not interested in that. If the ecclesia can't be made practical, I think that's what the Holy Spirit wants to, he wants to now move us into. How do we actually make what the Lord said in Matthew 16 practical? How can we flesh it out daily? And so these these 16, I don't know how many they were, 15 or 16, these three things, like if we can, if we can see these in our homes, then we're going we're gonna to actually reach neighborhoods for Jesus. Yes, right. If we actually see this demonstrated, we're going to have families that are going to be united. We're going to have couples that are going to be happily married, not just married. We're going to have children that actually enjoy being in their home and we're actually going to be a light into our neighborhoods and lights in our city. Amen. So moving forward, we want to expand and grow in the prophetic anointing for all. We want the gift of the, the prophetic gift to fall on every single one of you and increase significantly this next season. In fact, I feel like you guys are so quiet right now. I, I feel like you guys just, just release something in the air. Just say, I am prophetic. I am prophetic. And what I want you to do is I want you to go ahead and turn to somebody and just encourage them with a word. Just go ahead. Just give them a word of encouragement. I don't care if it's something as simple as your outfit looks nice. Start there. I don't care. But go ahead. Just take a moment and bless someone next to you. All right, you guys good? The second thing is uh, we need to continue to declare the new day. 
the new season, a season that's filled with God's favor. We need to move forward with joy. Everyone say, with joy. That we're in a season of favor. We declare favor. Even through difficulty, we're igniting hope in our hearts and we're releasing declarations. And I mean daily release declarations into the atmosphere and over your life and over the life of your family. That we are in a year of favor. We need to commit to our homes being ecclesias. We need to move out in the power of the Holy Spirit and we need to begin seeing changed lives for the glory of God. Isn't that what it's about? Then we just kind of close with a couple things here. Prayer is the heart of the ecclesia and the place where we initially legislate heaven to earth. The house of prayer equals or hyphen there is the heart of the, my house shall be called a house of prayer. The seat, which I love how the Lord called us to be a house of prayer in 2007 because he snuck it on me. He did. He snuck it on me. And so I'm, I'm more of an, I don't know, I'm not like an evangelist evangelist, but I have no problem going up to perfect strangers and talking to them about Jesus. That's just, okay. So that, which is, which is some people, that's a, that's a really, really hard thing to do. Like super hard thing for, to do. So I have no problem. My, I don't know how, just how I'm wired or whatever. I have no problem with that. So it's like, you know, I don't want to spend so much time in prayer that I don't go out and hit the streets, you know? So that's my struggle, right? You, I mean, I'm going to pray without ceasing. So I'm going to go from one person to another. I'm going to pray and I'm going I'm to share Jesus with people. And then he sneaks the house of prayer thing on me. And he starts talking about intimacy with God. He's talking about all these things. But he knows I'm obedient, right? So I go, what's this going to cost me? He said everything. I said, okay, I'm in. So we go ahead and we take this crazy idea of taking a local church and making it into a house of prayer. No one in the whole nation has done that. So their all eyes are on us. And we're like, whatever. So we go ahead and we do that in 2007. And then, and then what, 10 years later or nine years later, he sneaks the whole ecclesia thing on me. And so now I'm navigating with the Lord. How can we be a house in prayer and be an ecclesia? But now I understand that the actually the heart of the ecclesia is the house of prayer. And that the house of prayer is not necessarily an end to itself. The house of prayer is actually something that actually it's in the Lord's heart because he knows he wants to function as an ecclesia. So you need to be in that, you need to, we need to be people of, of prayer where we have a prayer room that's open where we're actually encountering the presence of God and have it be a place of encounter, not unto just having it be a place of encounter. We have it be a, become a place of encounter so that we can actually engage the culture. Amen. That's what the ecclesia does. While the bride loves Jesus well, the ecclesia actually fulfills the will of God. Amen. The ecclesia is at the gates with the bride's heart. Does that make sense? So it's not one or the other. It's actually bringing both together. And the Lord knew it would take 10 years for me to get it. Because that's how I am. And so now I'm retaining all this stuff and I'm releasing it to a group of people who are running with us or on this journey and we're all trying to figure it out. You know how unstable that feels? It'd be much easier for me to go back into a traditional church. It'd be really easy because I have 30 years of being like that, you know, or at least 25 years of being like this. And then for me to step out, I feel like I'm walking out, out on the boat on waves and I'm trying to lead. I have my eyes on Jesus, you know. 
and I am out on the water, and I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm asking people to help me figure this whole thing out as we move forward together, as we actually build the ecclesia of God, who actually it has at the very heart a house of prayer. How does, that, how does that work? I don't know totally yet how that works. I just know that's what God's telling us to do. And I believe it's right here in the Word. And so I, I'm invited, hey, come to Germany, man, and share this. I'm like, are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm like walking, I'm walking like this. I'm out of the boat. My eyes is on Jesus. You want me to share something? Really? So I go there. I just do the best I can. So I'm in Matthew 16. I'm like this. And then this conviction is coming on my heart. It's like this thing is alive in me, right? It's like this is birthing. It's just like this thing's alive in me. I'm just releasing it. And they're just like, hey, can you bring it to this country and that country and this country and this state and that state? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I could just barely get out of the boat and I'm walking on water and everything's shaky. I don't understand God sometimes. I really, really don't. It's like, you know what? I like it to have all, I like it to be all put together before I go out and do something. I don't know if there's anyone else in the room like me. Like, I like it all boxed up. I like to have it all figured out. I like to do that so I have some confidence moving forward, right? No, but what the Lord does is say, hey, you're going to become a house of prayer. Oh, really? What does that mean? You're going to be in the prayer room. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm all about the city. You're going to be in the prayer room. So I'm like, okay. I'm in the prayer room, right? You know, and I'm just like fighting this intimacy thing. And he's like, you got to have a bride's heart, bride's heart, bride's heart, intimacy, you know, you know, bride paradigm, bride, you know, read the Song of Solomon, you know, like Song of Solomon, you know. So, so I'm, I'm growing in this reality. I got this evangelistic thing inside of me. And the Lord is like, you're going to sit down for like seven years. All you guys are rejoicing right now. So... <laughs> You know, sit down for seven years. Not that I don't share my faith, right? I, I'm, I'm sharing my faith every single chance I get. And so there, there's, there I am for seven years. And then the Lord begins to speak to me. We actually make the move. We come over here. We build a house of prayer. We have ministry rooms. They're all over here. We have all this stuff, right? All this stuff going on. And then the Lord says, now I want to tell you something about the ecclesia. And I'm like, you know, you just told me about the house of prayer. Can I just get settled in on one area, please? Like for the rest of my life. Why do you always want me forerunning? I don't even know what I'm doing. Well, that's the whole thing. It's tension. You got to have tension. You got to have relationship. You got, it's going to keep you dependent on me and all this kind of stuff. You can't have it all figured out. I, I like to have things all figured out. I'm a left brain thinker. I'm a logical guy. Let me all figure it out so I can go ahead and do something with it. He's like, nope, sit down and I'm going to show you about the ecclesia and now you're going to release it to the world. I'm like, I'm not the only one that's releasing it to the world, right? No, I got a lot of people who are releasing it to the world. But you're going to be very uncomfortable. So that's where we are. So how do I do it? So I create keynotes. Because I'm Mr. Structure, right? You know, I got, you know, someone could just come up and do this in 10 minutes prophetically. But I'm like, how do I lead the people? I got to be, you know, a shepherd and lead the people and all this. And, and how do I, I'm doing the best I can to lead everybody into this place, which I really don't know really what it is. It's like we are, it's kind of like I tell people, like, what are you guys doing? Well, we are what we're becoming. That's what I tell people. So what do you do? Well, what, what's going on with your guys' 
you know, like church. And I said, well, we are what we're becoming. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. And I'm just honest with people. You know, I've tried to be like really like, well, the Lord is, you know, in 2007. And, you know, I know about, you know, I met Mike Bickle and I met Misty. And, you know, my family's up in Reading. And, you know, all these connections, how the Lord, really, honestly, it's like that's a, that's a whole different thing living in the Bay Area. Come on. I mean, seriously, you know. So here we, here we are again. We're in September. I'm like, I'm coming back from Germany. This is my, I'm closing. I'm coming back from Germany. I'm all, you know, I'm like, okay, we preach this thing, you know, God opens this door for us to go and blah, 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 right? And I'm like, okay, we're going to share our story. Here I am this week thinking, what do I have to say to the rest of the, what am I going to say to the church today? What am I going to say to the ecclesia today? That's how I, I said an ecclesia gathering. So I'm trying to change my, my, my vocabulary to fit what I preach. But I find myself, oops, I find myself, anyway, so I'm like, even this week, I'm like, what do I, what do I share? I need you. Come down and show me. And he says, I already have. I go, that's not fair. Because I have to try and figure out what you've already said. So that's going to make me more dependent on you, I guess. Right? He's, you know, you know how when the Lord's quiet? You know what he's doing? He's going. That's what he's doing. He's just shaking his head like, not saying a word. He's like, he's getting it. So we're on the journey, you guys. And I just want to let you know, I'm coming in a place of vulnerability saying, I don't know all the one, twos, and threes. And, the, and they're like, write a book. Write a book about what? Stepping out of a boat and having waves crash around me, trying to keep my eyes on Jesus? That's my, that's my book. Really, that's what, that's what it feels like. So I go to my office. I have this, I have this young person who's, you know, a part of BSSM, you know, and he used to attend here. Great kid, you know, just got married. Yeah, and so I'm talking to him like, oh, yeah, he goes, yeah, man, I heard about Germany. Yeah, that was, that's awesome. I said, yeah, it was, it was neat. It was good. Good experience for us and good experience for the nations and all that. So when are you going to write a book? You know, I, my response was like, well, you know, I, I need to do it. That's what I said to him. I need to, I need to do it. Honestly, I have no clue because I have no idea. So, 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 and maybe that's my problem. So I'm just being, I'm confessing right now that problem because I think I have to figure it out in order to write a book. Who would read a book that's not figured out? Right? I mean, who, who would buy a book? Your first line is, I don't have this figured out. Want to read a book? <laughs> Who's going to pay 10 bucks to, you know, to buy a book that the guy doesn't have it figured out yet, right? So, so here we are. Maybe all the prophetic people, you know, they're like, yeah, I can finish that story. You know, I could, like, that's, that's what the Lord's doing. And I love that because I, and I am, I am, I am, I, I, I'm going to admit it. Like, I, okay, I think, I think prophetically all the time. Do you know that? All the time. Everything that comes, when something comes to my mind, I'm like, ooh. Is that the Lord right there? Like, you know, I, so I just want you guys to know, I am like very, very like, I, I, don't, I love the prophetic, right? And you got to go really quiet because you guys don't believe me <laughs> or something. So can I, let me just close with this. You guys having a good time? You guys are all right? You're having a good time at my expense? <laughs> okay, so here's, here's, 
here's the tick, here's the like the thing that just pushes you right off the wave that you're standing on, right? Because here I am like this, right? And I'm in my staff meeting and I'm like, okay, this is what we get. You know, they're all like, what's next? What are we doing? Where are we going? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, let's just keep our eyes on Jesus, you know? Like, and then I try and give them points, you know? Like, I think we should do this and we should do that and we should do this. And so I'm like, I'm like this, uh, you know? And, and then I have this, I'm sitting down, I'm having dinner three months ago. I reviewed my journal this week. You guys should have seen me study this week. I was just like, I'm going through all my journal entries. I'm like, what did I preach in June? What did, I, what did, we, what did we do in May? Like, what was that about? Like, what did we, where are we going <laughs> with all this, you know? I'm going through. It's like, there's a picture of Ed Silvoso and Ruth. I'm like, oh, yeah. That was the other thing. Here I am on this boat, out of this boat. I'm on this wave, and I have this guy who says, you're an apostle. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know where I'm going. How can I, yeah, you're a leader, uh, you're a leader of a, a fleet of ships, and you're going to go ahead, that's what apostles do. They are leaders of fleets of ships, and they go into these remote regions, and they colonize the region so it looks like Rome. I'm, I'm, I'm receiving it by faith, right, because it's been, it's been told to me for 20 years, but I'm wrestling with it internally because I'm like, I don't meet the standards. I don't meet, I don't meet the criteria. I haven't planted churches. I haven't like, you know, I'm like this, right? And I'm like this, and you're telling me that? I said, dude, you need to get saved. Like, you need to go and talk to Jesus and come back to me and repent for giving me that word, right? So, so here I am, right? So no, he's like, I'm here to help you. I'm here to, I'm here to help you. It's like resources, and Wendy's like, you know, Wendy's like, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's the word, that, that's it, that's it, you've got to receive it, you receive it, receive it, I'm like this, receive it, you know, your wife is just calling it out, you receive it, I'm just like, I'm, I'm barely hanging on, i got the hand on the boat over here, i got my eyes on Jesus right there, and I'm saying, you're telling us to do what, and then you're insecure because you don't even know if the whole church is going to run with you. I mean, these people, they're just like, they're all like Silicon Valley people. They're like thinkers too, you know, they're prophetic and they're thinkers. And everyone's like, where's this dude going? Like, what's he doing? I don't know. I, I, I do know, I do know, I'll say that, I have an idea of where it's going. But I just want you to know, when I get behind here, I am totally, this was not planned right now. The last 15 minutes was not planned. So I just want you to know that when I get behind here, when I get behind here, I am a weak vessel. Now, I have, to, I have to be strong for the sake of the body, but I'm dependent, right? And so I'll be strong for you, but at the same time, I'll be weak and I'll be talking to Jesus as I'm preaching, <laughs> you know? So I just want you to know that this whole ecclesia journey that the Lord seems to be anointing is a weekly, almost daily process for me. Like I'm constantly thinking, like Gina just sent me something yesterday. So here I am, you know, Gina, you know, Gina has a heart for like Israel, right? And Middle East and all this. And she's just like, she's just on the Middle East, right? So, which is great because we were invited to go to Turkey. It's some crazy thing to preach this thing called Ecclesia. In, in Turkey, and I'm just like, you are hilarious. 
you are just really funny. So, um, so she sends me this text. Yesterday, I'm actually Jordan flipped on a football game. That's my only relief at that point. And we were watching some team I'd never heard of, Florida or something. And so, so that, yeah, I guess the Gators. So, so she sends this. And she goes, oh, yeah, you got to check this out. She goes, Laura Kent sent me this book. And so all she gave me was the, was the cover of the book. And she gave me a piece, a shot of the chapter, which made no sense to me. Except that, she, she explained it. She goes, the Torah lost in the ecclesia. I'm like, that sounds negative. You mean the Torah was lost in the ecclesia? And so I, te- I read it, because that really intrigued me. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you're throwing something else at me? It was actually Gina throwing something else at me. And so she said something about, you know, something about the Pentateuch and the Torah and... This kind of says, so that I wrote, I said, you mean when the Ecclesia Assembly was removed, our identity was stripped? So she says, I forgot that I didn't, the teaching, I hope that you watch the videos, which I will. The Pentateuch is actually refers to a way of understanding. So, so she's teaching, right? Because that's Gina. You know, the Pentateuch is, you know. So she's telling me all this stuff. And, and she goes, I said, so I kind of cut to the chase because I want to know what the article's about. And so I said, you mean when Ecclesia Assembly was removed from the Bible, our, our identity was stripped from a Jewish standpoint? This is what this is about, the Torah. And Gina says, yes. After having the teaching from our friends in Israel, there's, there's so much more context to the Ecclesia message. And then she's going to take some time off. She's going to do some study time. She says, I'm going to spend time meditating on this during the retreat. So... I'm just like, get the picture, I'm on this wave, and here comes the Torah. (laughs) Wendy's like, it's a surfboard. See how she does that? (laughs) Enjoy the ride. Now you're on a surfboard. You know? It's kind of like I have to wear Hawaiian shirts, and the McCarty family would love that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> if I wore a Hawaiian shirt, he would say, God's really moving in this house, man. God's really moving in this house. Okay, I'm wrapping it up, I promise. It's one o'clock, We've gotta go. I hope I conveyed to you kind of like this journey that, that we're on together. And I just love just being like, hey, I don't have it together, you know? But you can pray for me, right? Because I will believe that we're in a new day it's a new season. It's a season of favor. And the Lord's pushing us towards something. And I'm telling you guys, I am so grateful that you're on board. You know, I, I really am. And, and you can just, if you don't know what to pray about, just speak in tongues. And the Lord will hear from heaven, right? And push us into, I do believe it's a word for the Silicon Valley. I do believe it's a broader word for the, for the not just the United States, for the, but for the rest of it. And I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to be the only person carrying it. I'm just telling you, I don't, I don't really don't know what he's kind of doing. I don't know what he's up to, you know? You know, he told Abraham, like, hey, do this. And I think Hebrews says Abraham took a step, but he didn't know where he was going. He was just obedient. It's kind of how it is, isn't it? Did the Lord ever do that to you? Take a step. But I, I got to know where I'm going. Take a step. 
You don't understand. Take a step. This is how you wired. Take a step. So that's where we're on. We're on this journey together. All right, Stan. <clears throat> All right. Take the hand of the person next to you, which I do because I don't have time for an altar call. This is it. You know what's so funny? Well, sheesh, should I say that? So let me just throw you a little, a little bit of ang not anxiety. So here I am. I meet with my brother-in-law, Bill Johnson, right, like three times a year. So we have lunch together. And so I ask them, that's why I just, you know, I'm writing down questions, you know. Me and Wendy are going, you know. So, so now we, we're meeting with them in October, right? That's like ecclesia. I put a little smiley face. Bill's going to laugh at that one. Like, what's, what's the ecclesia? Like, he's just going to laugh. But I'm trying to figure out how do I explain it? How do I explain it without preaching a sermon? How do I explain it? To, how do I make this, how do I explain this, this to a common person? Like, Ecclesia, it's like, I'm just telling you, that's what I'm wrestling with. I'm on this way, I said, Bill, I, I don't know about this Ecclesia thing. And, and, and so, just kind of my little anxiety is like, how do I share this with people, other leaders? How do I convey the message with other leaders? I'm just trying to figure out how to make it practical for us. Right? So, I just welcome your input. I welcome your your. If you have an idea, you, we're, I just want you, we're a team. We're in it together, okay? I might be the coach of the, you know, or whatever, the apostolic, whatever they're telling me I am, you know? But we're all in it together, right? So whatever you get, if it's really good, send it, you know? Let me know. Give it to Gina. Give it to Caitlin. Give it to Wendy. Give it to somebody, you know? Give it to me so that we're, we're growing this reality. So, right? All right, I need to pray. Lord? We just pray for this growing reality, this growing revelation. And Lord, it does feel like we're like Peter stepping out of the boat, and, but our eyes are fixed on you. And Lord, we're just going on what you said. And you said we're in a new day, we're in a new season. There's favor that's resting upon us, that you're actually preparing us for something amazing and God, we're just looking forward to it. God, we don't have the answers, all the answers. We don't have, you know, we just have a little bit, a little bit that you're giving us. But we'll be faithful with what, you gave, what you're giving us. And we'll run with what you're giving us. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe. And thank you for listening.